Thanks for joining us today at Springwell Church, where we want to draw spiritually thirsty people to Jesus by loving God, loving each other, and loving the world. We hope that today's message builds you up, gives you a little insight, and helps you find a brand new perspective. You can find us in Taylor, South Carolina, and online at springwell.org. That's springwell.org. Now let's jump into the message. If any of you saw anything online, if you saw anything in any graphics, and you saw this phrase that was being used about today, and it said, into the unknown, how many of you in this room immediately thought Frozen 2? These are the people who have kids, by the way, if you don't know. That's exactly, that was like one of the biggest songs from this movie, and I remember when we were talking about it, we were talking about this day and, and crafting this service, I was like, you know what? I don't want it to be about Frozen. I don't want that to happen. I, I would take it if there was a lot of ice, uh, only because I'll take any little bit of cool that we can get right now. I will take it. Um, so, see, we got some people down here in front. They're ready to go already because we're talking about cool weather. No, so, but beyond that, I think one of the things when we, when we hear this and we think about something like Into the Unknown, we think of that as a, a title track that makes sense to a soundtrack for a movie because it's a great idea going into the unknown places in life. And, and by the way, if you're thinking right now and you know the, the song and you've heard it and you hear Elsa or Adina Menzel, who voices Elsa, actually singing this in your head as I'm talking right now, you need to stop because <laughs> I'm not going to sing. And I'll also let you know that Panic at the Disco has a better version than Adina Menzel does. So I'm just letting you know whether that as well. Um, no, but we think about this and we hear that phrase, into the unknown, and we start to think about the things in our life that are unknown. And we would love to have the courage to immediately just go run into those unknown places. The times where things are going on with um, work, things are happening at school, things are happening at home, things are happening in relationships, things are happening with our health, whatever it may be. And we want to, we love the idea though that there's somewhere in, in, a, in a movie or the songs written about it where we want to run into these unknown places because they're unknown for a reason. We call them that because we don't know what's going to come next. And so what ends up happening is we start to go back and we start to have these thoughts that creep in in the, the times that were si uh, similar in those situations. When we go back and we start to think about things where we say, okay, well, this happened then. So if I start to enter into one of those unknown times in life, like right now, school started back a couple weeks ago in Greenville County. And then now this week, instead of one day a week, if you have in-person school, we have kids who are going back two days a week for in-person school. That's an unknown for some of us, and we don't know what's going to happen. Some of you are sitting there going, our kids go back two, twice this week. Y'all need to read the emails. I'm just saying, <clears throat> stop watching Frozen 2 on Disney+, Plus. take a minute, and go back. No, so there are some unknown things that we're thinking that's going through our head. There are some things that we're thinking about work. We think about relationships. We think about uh, these interactions that we have with people in these unknown times in our life, and these thoughts start to come back. These thoughts start to creep in again, where we sit back and go, 
Well, if that happened here, could it happen again? If something bad happened here when I faced this unknown time in my life, could I have something bad happen again? So we start to worry about what's happened in the past. We start to wor- worry about what could happen in the f- future. But what if I told you that there are some ways that we can take some steps when we enter into those unknown places and those unknown times in our life and we just don't know what's, what to do about it? Recently, and when I say recently, I actually mean going back to like the beginning of the summer, <clears throat> I was spending some time reading in the the Old Testament book, Nehemiah. And if you've ever spent any, any time, if you've ever been in, in church before and you've heard messages about Nehemiah, you've, you've read the Bible, you understand if you've, that typically if we think about Nehemiah, we hear of this guy who goes back and rallies the troops and real, rebuilds this wall around Jerusalem and these things are happening. But I found something completely different than anything else that I'd ever, ever read before when I was spending some time. It, it, the book is actually written after the Babylonians had conquered Judah in 586 B.C., and then Persia then conquered Babylon in uh, 539 B.C., and if you're trying to figure out the a, uh, A.D. B.C. thing, like, time goes down, okay? So if you're sitting there going, how are we going backward in time? Stick with me, okay? The Babylonians allowed these... Jewish people who Nehemiah was to start returning to Jerusalem, to their, the land that they had been exiled from. And when they started to get back, they started to send word back to everything that was going on. And they had started to do some work on the city of Jerusalem. And as they're doing that, they realized that the wall around the city, the show of strength, this show of, hey, we've got everything together, is still crumbling it's in ruins. It's gone. So he starts to hear these statements and these stories of what's going on. And eventually it's around 445 B.C. that the challenges of rebuilding this wall have just kind of torn everybody apart. They've, they've gotten tired. They don't want to keep going. They don't know what to do. And Nehemiah has heard this, and he's, he's really overcome by everything that's happening. Like, they need this wall because they need it to be rebuilt to help prevent further attacks and to show their strength. And chapter 1 of Nehemiah is all about him finding out that the wall is still in ruin. So what I want to do is begin reading today in Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 11. <clears throat> Nehemiah says, O Lord, please hear my prayer. Listen to the prayers of those who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today in making the king favorable to me. Put it this into his heart, that he be kind to me. So what I want to do is starting right here, and as we move through the day, I want to show you some things when we're entering these unknown, unknown times in our life. We're going into the unknown. What do we need to do in order to be prepared for that to happen and also to make it through those times? First of all, we see here, we, when I'm going into the unknown, I need to enter with prayer. I need to enter with prayer. And I know everybody's probably sitting here going, uh, this is a church service. You're a pastor. You're standing on stage. You're reading from the Bible. Yeah, we, should, we get it. Prayer should be a part of it. 
But there are times where we don't go into those times because we think about it and we say, well, what do I do next? Nehemiah right here literally says, he's talking to God. He says, listen to the prayers of those who delight in honoring you. Please grant me success today by my making the king favorable to me, put it in his heart to be kind to me. Now, this is something that was actually happening when he, this is written well before the beginning of chapter 2, which we're going to get to in just a minute. Nehemiah knew that he would need to have the favor of the king and his resources to move into this new endeavor. He wasn't just going to be able to go and rebuild a wall. He was going to need some help with that. He knew that he couldn't do it on his own. And we've all been in a time or a place in our life where it's the unknown is in front of us. I remember the first time that I flew on a, in a plane, not like on my own. Like that would have been weird. Um, would have been cool. Anyway, but flying in a plane for the first time, getting to that point when you're getting ready to take off, and I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know what to experience. My parents had flown, and they had, had told us what it would be like, and I remember just taking off, and you feel everything start to go, and you kind of hold on to everything. And you lop down on the, the arms and you don't know what's going to happen. And then you, you're flying. And then the first time you ever experience turbulence in a plane, there's some giggles that are happening down here because some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. The plane starts to rock. It's going uh, back and forth. I remember the first time hitting a pocket of turbulence. That as we're flying and all of a sudden the plane goes and just drops there was a moment, some things went through my head that I'm not going to say out loud to everyone. That's not going to happen. Like, it was an unknown thing. Like, is the plane going to, is it going to keep falling? Like, this is, planes aren't supposed to be on stair steps, by the way. It's like, I didn't want to land that way. That was the way it felt like. The first time I, I drove on the interstate, that was a, a big deal. Like, I, I grew up in a town of like 3,000 people. Like, we were kind of crazy the way we drove around there, but nothing compared to I-85. Like, it's different. And now, even like going out here at Woodruff Road, the Gateway Project, all of that kind of stuff, that's very different than what it was almost 30 years ago. Okay, so it is, yeah. I, it took me a minute. I was like, am I going to say it? Am I not? And I'm like, probably shouldn't lie. Okay, so I, I had a little bit of time. Yeah. 27. All right, we'll, we'll, make it, we'll get it that way. I remember driving the first time and thinking, what do I do if someone cuts me off or if someone is paying attention and they hit me and I have a wreck in the middle of the interstate and then what do I do next? I started to be overwhelmed by those things that was going to happen or thinking of what could happen. The first time we moved, the next time that we moved, the next time that we moved, the next time that we moved, and the three times that have followed that. Every time when that happened, I kept thinking, what if this doesn't work out? What if we don't have the money for the house? What if the memories aren't as great in one place as they are in the other? What if the experiences are different? Changing jobs. What will it be like? being around different, different people. Sickness. Some of us have dealt with that in a completely different way. 
relational strains, loss of any kind, the, the craziness that is attached to now 2020. There's been a lot of unknown that's happened this year. What do we do with it? We need to do what Nehemiah did right there when he started realizing that he was being brought to this place of unknown and what God was starting to burn in him and starting to do in him. He started to say, here's what we're going, here's what I'm going to do. God, I need you to give me favor with the king. That's him talking to him and being honest in that times. How many times have we prayed during those times? But how many times have we done that before we've even entered or been on the doorstep of those unknown times? Because the conversation that, that is happening right here with Nehemiah and God is a little over four months from the next time that Nehemiah actually experiences what God's wanting to do with him. That's a long time to sit there and say, I'm going to keep talking to God. I'm going to keep praying about it. I'm going to keep leaning in on him. I'm going to find people in my life that I trust and that I know who love me. And I'm going to do those things. But that's not what Nehemiah is doing here. This isn't just a random, okay, God, I'm in the middle of this. What do I do now? This isn't one of those, hey, um, God, I haven't studied. And I stayed up until 3 in the morning playing Xbox, and now this is a real-life thing. Like, that was, that was me. That was what I did when I was in college. And now I, have a, I, I, I read over it again, the notes, for 15 minutes. So if you'll just bring all of that back, from all of that classwork, all of those notes, all of those lectures, so that I remember that when I get in there, that would be great. That's not what Nehemiah is doing here. He's actually relying on God, the, he, the same God that's burned this passion in his heart for his home because it's based on God's plan that he has for his life. Nehemiah doesn't know yet what this is going to look like, but he trusts that God is going to direct his steps. So we get to Nehemiah chapter 2, and this is the part of this passage that really spoke to me more than anything else, more so because there was something in it that I hadn't read before. I'd read it, I'd heard it, but I don't think I'd ever comprehended it. Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 1 says, Early the following spring in the month of Nisan, during the 20th year of King Artaxerxes' reign, I was serving the king his wine. Nehemiah was a cupbearer for the king. So the king, he, he, so he was serving the king his wine. He had never heard, he had never before appeared sad in the presence of the king. Remember that. So the king asked me, why are you looking so sad? You don't look sad, uh, sick to me. You must be deeply troubled. And then I was terrified. But I replied, long live the king. How can I not be sad? For the city where my ancestors are buried is in ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire. So new, uh, now Nehemiah knew several months before that he was going to be entering into this new phase of life. He didn't know what it was going to look like, what it was going to be like. He was going to enter this unknown time. And he entered it with prayer. But when I'm going into the unknown, I need to trust God's direction. That's what he does here. Because remember, what did he pray? 
give me favor with the king. And that's what happened. He was the, the king's wine steward or the, the cupbearer. And here's the thing. Most people believe that Persian kings had a different cupbearer for every quarter of the year. So if you're sitting there going, well, why did it take so long for God to answer that prayer? What? Well, he did. And it just so happened that at this time, at this moment where the king would be the most favorable, it just so happened to be Nehemiah's appointed time. God was doing that. He was setting everything up. He was preparing everything. And so in that moment, as he goes and sees the king, and the king looks at him, and he goes, it says that he's never been before. He'd never been sad in front of the king. And this is new territory. This is definitely an unknown in life. Because not only has it been about four months before he's been around the king at this point, he appears sad in the king's presence. I, I read one writer that said that Nehemiah's fasting joined with inward grief made a sensible change in his countenance, his appearance, his, his personality. And then it says that he says, I was terribly afraid. It was an unusual and ungracious thing to come into the king of Persia's presence with a token of sorrow. And he feared disappointment. Because his request was great, more so than anyone else that would have stood in front of the king in this position. See, in many kingdoms, it's been well documented that if you walked into the presence of a king in front of a ruler and you were sad or you were upset, you didn't have a good attitude, something was wrong, and it didn't, it, it made the king unhappy. You could be thrown in prison. You could be put to death. All of these things could have happened. It would have been easy for Nehemiah to just put a smile on his face and forget the whole thing and just be like, okay, God, like you put this in my heart. It was unknown then. Now I'm walking into something else that's brand new, and it's unknown. And now the king is actually looking at me and be like, hey, you haven't been upset around me before. And he easily could have just said, oh, no, I, I, ha I had something bad to eat earlier, like tummy troubles. Like it could have been anything that he could have done to this. What I would have done in this moment, I would have come up with something. He knew what could have been coming next. And he had to make a decision of whether to trust God or his thoughts. One of my favorite all-time television series is The Office. So there are, are some of us in the, in the room are like, okay, uh, I, don't, I don't know, like you watching videos of you in The Office. No, that's not it, okay? So if you haven't seen The Office, it's, it's just a, a mockumentary, essentially, of life in this office. And they have a, a really weird, goofy guy who is... Uh, Steve Carell, who Lee is the boss. And by the way, if anyone has ever seen me walking around here during a week and you've ever seen a mug, uh, that if you've seen his mug that says world's greatest boss, I don't have one of those. 
Um, but I was given one uh, by someone on staff who knows my affinity for the office, and they share it that says the world's greatest family pastor. So it's sitting on my desk right now for me to use when I get coffee this week. So I, I appreciate that. One of the, my favorite episodes is they're going out to try to win back clients. And as they're going out to, to win back clients, Michael's driving the car. He's got a salesman in there in the front seat with him. And the GPS is telling him where to turn. The GPS is saying, turn here, like make a right here, like in half a mile, do that. And you ever had those moments where you're like, I don't think the GPS knows what it's talking about. Like they don't know the shortcut that I know. And then you take the shortcut and it actually took longer. Like there are, look, there are some people in here right now who have loved ones who are sitting in here and you're sitting there going, I need you to pay attention to this part of the message. All right. Probably doesn't have anything to do with anything else. Well, a little bit. But just store that away as a, as a note. Well, as they're driving, the, the GPS is saying, turn here to do that. And then all of a sudden it says, make the next right. And so he makes the next right. Except the next right, when he starts to turn, the guy in the car is like, no, 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 it doesn't mean here. It means go up here and connect to the next highway and make that right. He was like, no. The GPS said, make the next right, and I'm going to turn right here because I'm going to trust the GPS. So he turned right on a boat ramp and drove into a lake. (laughs) When we have the GPS and it's giving us directions, there are a lot of us, when we hear those things, we sit there and we go, you know what? I think I know a better way. The GPS doesn't know what to do here. It doesn't, hasn't lived in the midst of this moment, this year, this time in my life. So we have to make a, tr- we have to make a decision in that point. I either have to trust the GPS, follow it, or drive into a lake. God's direction is so much more than a map that is programmed into a GPS. God's direction into the unknown times of our lives is an option for us to trust him that even when it doesn't make sense in a time when we feel sad and we know that it looks like life could fall apart in any moment because I'm walking into something that I'm not prepared for that I'm terrified, I don't know what's going to happen, and as a result, I have to sit back and say, okay, God, I'm going to just walk into this unknown time and trust your direction, your leading, the preparation that you have done in me, or I'm just going to follow you, or I'm just going to go my own way and end up in a lake. And as ridiculous as that sounds, how many times have we gotten so close to experiencing what God wants for us and in our lives and for us to finally understand that the reason we're in these unknown places or on the doorstep for these unknown places, how many times do we sit back and go, okay, I'm kind of scared and I know I need to make, I I know I can make this right, but maybe I need to go, I, I I don't know what to do here and I just need to sit back and go, okay. God, you led me here. I'm going to trust the direction that you're giving me now. 
So he just says, look, of, of course I'm sad. This is what happens. And then the king looks at Nehemiah because he's trusting God in this moment. And the king says, well, how can I help you? You know he didn't see that coming. You know that he didn't see that coming. Because he had never been sad in his presence. He had never been upset in his presence. He had probably heard what had happened to other people in this position who had shown up this way. He says, how can I help you? And then here's what he did. It says that Nehemiah, with a prayer to the God of heaven... I responded, if it pleases the king, and if you are pleased with me, your servant, send me to Judah to rebuild the city where my ancestors are buried. When I'm going into the unknown, I need to enter with prayer. I need to follow God's direction. And when I'm going into the unknown, I need to keep praying. That's what Nehemiah didn't just pray once at the beginning. Remember, this has been months after when he had initially prayed this prayer and said, God, Give the king, give me favor with the king. And this wasn't even a, a throwaway, spur of the moment kind of prayer. This wasn't it. This is earnestly, we don't know exactly what he prayed. We just know that it welled up every bit of encouragement, every bit of, of, of courage, so that he would make his request. If Nehemiah had decided to stop trusting God when he entered into this unknown time of his life, he may have missed this king's response. Nehemiah's prayer isn't specifically laid out, but in my mind, I, I'm, I may have prayed like this. Uh, okay, I ask, God, give me favor. You provided me the time. What do I do now? but he'd already prayed about it. He'd already trusted God's leading, and he trusted what God had already placed in his heart. So in that moment, when he faced that unknown time of what is the king going to say when I say this, and the king comes back and says, what can I do for you? Again, this wasn't one of those, uh, okay, God. God, I need you to do, do, do something here. Like, this is confirming everything that had happened in his life living uh, up to this point. The things that he had heard for years, things that had happened for people in his homeland, he understood what was going on. God placed this in his heart, so he continued to pray about it. He continued to reach out to God in this moment. And then in verse 6, it says, The king with the queen sitting beside him, asked, how long will you be gone? Will you return? And after I told him how long I've been gone, the king agreed to my request. When I'm going into the unknown, I need to enter with prayer, trust God's direction. I need to keep praying. And finally, when I'm going into the unknown, I need to trust that God will not lead me and then leave me. Nehemiah asked for God to give him favor with the king. Nehemiah was summoned and came before the king at his assigned time in the schedule. Nehemiah was reminded that what's unknown to me is known by God. 
He is the one who has set it in motion. God answered his prayers and placed him in the perfect place at the perfect time. Because when this is actually, if you go back and look at the word for queen here, when it says, with the queen sitting beside him, the word actually here means not an actual queen. It was a favored concubine or harlot beside the the king. So he was in a time, and the king was in a mindset where he was in a, in a, a place in life where he was showing favor and he had someone beside him and he wanted him to be there. And he answered with this perfect response. It wasn't even this response that was, hey, I'll give you this and this and this and this and this. Will that work? No, he said, what can I do for you? And many times, that's the question when we're entering those unknown times in our life, when it's, what can I just do? And we don't even understand it, that God's already starting to work in it. Going into the unknown doesn't mean that you're going alone. It just means that you're prepared by trusting the God who's placed you there. So I spent some time reading through this and studying through it a few months ago. Something came back to my mind. Um, when I was, do you remember when you were younger? Uh, maybe you're in here and you, you had like these balloon launches. I know when I was in elementary school, we would take and, and attach a card to a balloon. And we would write like name and essentially we'd see if it would land somewhere if someone ended up getting it. We would go outside, and I really remember one time, I was in third grade, and I remember us going out and having these balloons, and we'd written these notes, and we attached them to the balloon. Three, two, one, we let go of the balloons. And in that moment, we kind of forgot about the balloons. In that moment, we would think about the balloon that maybe got hung up in the tree limbs around the playground. Maybe we saw one two miles down the road that maybe had gotten tangled up around a power line. Maybe there was one that hadn't been tied really well when it started to go up. It just kind of fizzled out. And then all of the helium went out and it just fell back to the ground. But even when we let go of the balloons, we didn't think about where they would end up and what would happen. When I was in third grade, I remember we did something like this. We were trying to essentially establish pen pals. And one of our balloons from our class ended up making it from Williamston, South Carolina, halfway between Greenville and Anderson, to Newberry, South Carolina. And I don't remember whose balloon that that note was attached to, but I remember us getting that response back. It was like, hey, this is, I'm so-and-so, your balloon landed in our yard, and I got your note, and I'm just letting you know that it made it here. We didn't know where it would have ended up, 
We didn't know if it would end up any place. But we trusted enough that the wind was going to carry it where it needed to go. Over the last few months, one of the things that have come through my mind every time I've read this story and I've thought about this was, what if I just went back to that moment in my life? That something, we didn't know if it would land somewhere else. And, and as a third grader in that time, like it was a big deal whether or not someone was going to find our balloon. And anyone who saw it land in the tree's limb and it popped or anything else at the very beginning, you got upset about that. But I remember thinking about it. I was like, why was it that we never questioned that the balloons would ever make it anywhere? And why can I not just trust God in the moments of my life that are so unknown and uncertain, not knowing what, where to go, what to do, and I just decide to sit or to run away or to do anything else and just sit there and go, God, you're not big enough to take care of this. Because I haven't been in this place before. I haven't gone through this year before. I haven't dealt with this situation. I haven't had this relationship strain. I haven't this, this job issue. I haven't had this weird school schedule that's been happening, all of these kind of things for my, my family. What do I do? This is so unknown. And I caught myself doing this one day. I went outside. We were doing something here with balloons. And we had a helium tank. And I went and snatched one of the balloons. And I filled it up. And I walked outside right behind the building. And I just said, God, if you trusted, if I trusted you then, I just need to let go of this now and trust that you're gonna carry me to the place that I need to be, that you need to prepare me where I need when I get there so that I can trust you again to do exactly in me and through me exactly what you want to do. And I just let the balloon go. And as I watched it sail up, the first thing that went through my mind, you probably shouldn't have done this at the back because you're gonna hit the trees. And immediately the Holy Spirit has said, no, 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 no. Trust that it's going to go where it needs to go. That I'm going to have it where it needs to go. The same way that even though you're in some unknown places in your life, the same way you're in some unknown places in your life, that we just need to let go of the string and trust that God is going to do in us what He has been preparing, that He has place this in that moment and that we're going to reach out and understand exactly what he wants from us in that time. What if I just come back to this time now in this year of the, the craziness that's happening, the most uncertain things and just trust that God placed me in the moment, is preparing me for the moment and that he won't leave me alone in this moment. I want to ask everyone to close their eyes for just a moment. I want to pray for you. Because I'm certain that there are some people who are in this room today, who are in some places that I've found, my, I've found myself this year. If I'm sitting there going, God, this is, 
completely unknown territory. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to take place. But I'm just going to trust that you're going to take care of me. That you prepared me for this moment. You've placed me in this moment. And I'm not gonna, you're not going to leave me alone. So maybe you came in here today looking for that kind of answer. If that's you. And today you recognize that what you need to do is stop depending on your answers for those unknown moments. But you need to depend on that God who loves you so incredibly much that he's placed you there so that he can do something in you and through you beyond anything in your wildest imagination. If you've never gotten to that place today, where you've said, God, you need to be in charge of my life because my life is full of unknown. What's going to happen? What's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen in the bank account? What's going to happen with the family? What's going to happen with me? What's going to happen in these times where I just say, okay, God, I'm turning it over to you because you've got it. I'm just going to trust you in the moment. And I'm going to trust you with my life. And if you've never done that today and you want to take that step to do that, just talk to God right now in this moment and just pray something like this. God, I, I've realized that I've tried to do everything on my own. I thought I have the, the perfect plan. But now everything's unknown and I'm in some places that I don't know what to do and I don't have the answers anymore. But I know that you do. I'm trusting that you love me so much that you sent your son to die for me. He came back to life three days later so that I could have freedom from my sin and I could have a relationship with you, the same God who loved me this much. Today I'm placing my faith and my trust in you. Save me and change me and make me something new. And if you're here today and you have, you've made that decision, that is incredible. We're going to talk more about that later. But if you're here today and you're going through something or a time in your life, you're like, I don't know what to do next. I don't know what's going to happen next. Maybe you, you have to be in control of the situation and understand. And I know why that feels like when out of control starts to hit. And you say, what do I do? Maybe you just need to let go of the string. And trust that the balloon is going to go exactly where it needs to go. God, thank you for what you've done in this place today. And as we wrap up and you continue to speak to us, I, I pray that this will be a, an encouraging moment for all of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I, I'm a firm believer in putting action into thought. So, I feel like that there are some of us today who need to have that visual of trusting God enough to say I'm just going to let go of the balloon and just do whatever you want to do with it but, but trust that you're going to place me in the right spot at the right time and you're going to give me the direction that I need in these unknown places 
So what we're going to do is in just a moment, Dylan's going to lead us in a song that has kind of become (laughs) everything that this entire message has been wrapped around for me. And as he leads us in the song, I want us to think about those things in our lives today that feel unknown. We don't know what to do, but we need to trust God. And as Jonathan dismisses us a little later at the end of the service, when you go out and go to the cafe, cafe, there are some helium-filled balloons. And what we're going to ask you to do is actually grab one of those, and we're going to go out to the patio together, and we're just going to release balloons. Good news is, they're all biodegradable. We thought through that. They're actual photodegradable as well. Sunlight will make that happen too. We're taking care of the animals. We're We're doing that. But here's the thing. I think there's something powerful in just saying, okay, God, I'm going to put this into practice. And we're going to do that together as we leave. And Jonathan will remind us how we're going to do that. So let's take some time to think about the unknown things that we're facing in our lives right now. And think about that as Dylan leads us. Stop resisting. I'm not getting any younger. Fear is such a sad way to live a life. So, face to the wind, I'm jumping out, I'm walking in. Every single thing you want to show me. and doubts, the highs and lows, to the taking in and the letting go, the tears and laughter, the great unknown, to the open journey and the faith I said this would be easy and anyone who did never went through anything painful faith is not some fragile thing that shatters when we walk through something hard to the ups and downs the highs and lows To the taking in and letting go. 
the great unknown to the open journey in the faith I go run like a child in an open field stepping off the edge I'm facing all my fears it's what it feels like to be born again I'll be born again So when I feel like giving up When I feel like throwing it all away I look back over my shoulder and I can see your goodness every single step that I have taken and it beats like a drum and it rings like a bell oh it sings like a choir and it's leading me on my way Oh, you lead me on my way To the ups and downs The highs and lows To the taking in And the letting go To tears and laughter And the great unknown To the open journey And the faith I Faith I go in the faith I